Hey everyone, today is Wednesday the 24th of May 2017 and this is The Gap episode 371. I'm Luke Laurie and with me is Nathan Lawrence. How you going, Nate? I'm uh, pretty jet-lagged, but otherwise good. You've been uh, on a plane. Like, well, Job just got off one. Apparently they lost his luggage. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> he already predicted that was going to happen, though, with uh, the way that the, the what stopover didn't work out properly. So, yeah, you always kind of get that feeling when it's a short stopover that my bag's not going to make the next flight, is it? <laughs> and it didn't. So that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Uh, I got some questions for you. We were talking about this before the before we started. Some questions. Uh, you saw Pirates last night. Didn't I you? did. Pirates 5. What are your thoughts can I like it. Oh, you can say. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it's out. Well, tomorrow our time. We're recording on Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday. Fucking hell! It'll go up tonight for some people. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So it is out on on Thursday, I believe. Uh, they've even got advanced screenings on. I think right now for like Sydney Buzz members and shit like that. Yeah. Um, it's good. Like, uh, it's not. It's not uh, perfect, of course. It's not as amazing as the first film. I'm. St- don't think no i didn't enjoy it as much as the second film i've got a um a big soft spot for dead man's chest do you like dead man's chest uh which one is that the second one second one yeah i can't remember <laughs> i don't even think i've seen the third one is the third one what? with like jet lee or something in? <laughs> no racist no? <laughs> it's got chow yun fat <laughs> okay i don't know no. i've not seen it i just figured there was like i there was someone like jet lee or, or some like yeah. Anyway, I'm digging a hole here. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, Chow Yun Fat is in it, and it's um, it's interesting because uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is obviously based on a Disney ride, um, and so you'd think with Disney that it would be like kind of like a family friendly movie, right? Yeah. Uh, and yet somehow in in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, they still managed to fit in a creepy, implied almost rape scene. Wow. And you're like, why is that there, Disney? That literally adds fucking nothing to this <laughs> uh but third one third one's okay you know like okay. it cops a lot of stick it's way too long um it is a bit of a clusterfuck and you do feel for the writers i don't know how much you looked at the behind the scenes stuff but nobody was expecting the first pirates movie to do as well as it did okay. yeah <laughs> kind of like the matrix you know like um they weren't expecting it to do as well as it did and then it went gangbusters so the studio in all its infinite wisdom goes we've already set release dates for the next two movies and uh the screenwriters were told to write back-to-back scripts and considering that they had made a contained movie in the original parts of the caribbean yeah they had to thus invent all of this fucking tenuous shit <laughs> to make it seem like there was a bigger uh story going on all time which obviously didn't work so well and you can see the the gaps in that uh parts five is so much better than the fourth one but that's not an achievement fourth one's garbage have you seen that but, wait there's a fourth one yeah uh no. with um <laughs> what's his name ian mcshane plays blackbeard in it and it's all about fucking mermaids and the fountain of youth and all this shit and it's it's really bad man yeah because I'd not know. I hadn't seen the last two then. <laughs> oh wow! So <laughs> you need to do some catching up. Uh, well, not really, actually, because this one—I get the impression that this one's sort of there to be a soft reboot. Yeah, is uh, like Orlando Bloom in these ones still, or is it just Johnny? What's his name? Look, it's Johnny Depp. Uh, 
it's it's mainly Johnny Depp. I will I won't comment on whether there are or aren't cameos in this okay, movie. So you'll find out very quickly though uh, where it's headed. But um, it, it's good because they, they've tried to encapsulate the feeling of the first movie. You know, like a little bit of light, child-friendly horror, which is such a bizarre phrase, but they try to do that. So there's some you know darker, scary elements, um, a whole lot of fun. Sometimes that falls by the wayside uh, i think the character that suffers most in this movie like weirdly is um captain jack sparrow johnny depp's character oh. because he's like he's always been a bit of a you know buffoon yeah um he's kind of like jar jar binks if jar jar binks wasn't a complete cunt <laughs> <laughs> because uh you know like that that phantom menace battle where jar jar is falling over everywhere like an idiot and yeah. saving the day like that's like that idea um, is Captain Jack Sparrow. I'm pretty sure it's based on the... I did look at this once. The the drunken warrior archetype type mm. thing. Anyways, so it's worked in the past. You know, Johnny Depp was obviously a supporting character in the first one. He was so popular, they made him the kind of the mainish character of the next two, which I don't think was the best idea. And this one, he's gone back to a supporting character. But he's now just like a sad clown. Like, he is <laughs> the butt of all jokes. Yeah. And, but you just kind of feel like... He's just, like, pathetic. And so you just feel sorry for him. Like, I didn't find myself rooting for him and going, yeah, man, I really want Jack Sparrow to get that thing he wants. He's kind of like, oh, man, he's he's so sad. It's kind of like watching, you know, Fat Elvis roll out onto a stage. You're watching heroes get a bit shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's got great action. Cool. Um, they've. I thought that they hired these, you know, pretty obscure directors whose names elude me uh, to save money, but it looks like they just threw a shit ton of money at it. Um, there's lots of money in every shot. The, the main bad guy's really, really fucking cool and All creepy. Right. Um, and his ship is particularly cool, which is, you know, you can see that they're trying to tick the boxes. Like, got to have that, that cool villain ship because the uh, Flying Dutchman from the second and third films was a particularly awesome ship slash submarine. <laughs> so they've uh, somehow managed to top that. Well, not so much top it, but <clears throat> create something that's comparable. And uh, the bad guys, also, their abilities don't feel shit. Like in the fourth one, it was just kind of like, yeah, and these guys are zombies. But you're like, well, are they? <laughs> like, they don't seem like zombies. Um, whereas they've kind of gone back to the ghost idea, but with a twist. All right. Sounds like I've got a bit catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Um, did you get a chance to check out Covenant yet? No, <clears throat> I am actually really happy that it's um, not a terribly important thing for me to go see. That's that's progress. It's like I looked at the because re- I, I went and saw it, and obviously you know that I, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, but I was looking at the reviews, and it's reviewing well what I thought was okay. But then I looked at the Prometheus reviews, and it's reviewing around the same as Prometheus, and I don't actually. I didn't hate Prometheus. I, I thought it was okay, but I remember a lot of backlash about that film. Um, but the fact that it's re- reviewed the same, I'm like, oh, that's a bit strange. <laughs> so it's a much know. cheaper <clears throat> budget too. I was, yeah. um, which I, uh, well, I assume would mean that it, it scales accordingly, having not seen it. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm not really like I know I have to see it because I'm an Alien fan. Yeah, um, but. As anyone who is an Alien fan would know, um, same as being a Predator fan, I guess, uh, it's it's a bit of an abusive relationship where the quality of one or two or maybe a few films, this is talking Alien now, not Predator, <laughs> um, kind of keeps you coming back for more, you know? 
the like Ridley Scott fucking nailed it. The original Alien, I adore Aliens, and you're like, well, they did it twice. They should be able to do it again. I really like Alien Three, warts and all, um, and then I hated Four, and I despised Prometheus. All right. Wow. This is why I want to see what you think. <laughs> yeah, but like, like you can understand. I mean, after those sorts of comments, why I'm not in a rush. Like, I was really looking forward to Prometheus. Don't get me wrong. I think that was actually part of the problem. Um, it would be interesting to rewatch it. I've only ever seen it the once, but mm. I was so disappointed um, and actually angry <laughs> at how bad it was that I I just couldn't bring myself to watch it again. Um, but I'm I'm wondering. Uh, I am eager to see it in the sense that. Um, I have like as you heard very negative expectations and, and going to watch a movie with those expectations is means it sometimes is better than if it's average it's kind of like a bit better than average because you're expecting it to be rancid shit yeah like, I feel the same way I think Ridley Scott is really good at building like all these fascinating worlds and doing cool stuff with them um, I think the first like 45 minutes of this film and Prometheus are really good but I think that that Covenant just like shits a bit after that, and <laughs> I was, I'm not a fan of where it goes, like the the direction it goes in after, um, after like the first hour or so. So I don't know. That's why I'm keen on seeing what you kind of think, being someone who likes like the Alien series but doesn't like Prometheus. Whereas I'm coming from, I didn't mind Prometheus, um, but this one I just do not like. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Whereas I, Job I- Job actually liked Covenant, so um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I'm curious to see what I think, but again, I'm just in no rush to see it. I know I have to see it, but yeah. I don't want to see it like anytime soon. All right. Well, uh, should we talk about some games then? Because we've got a bit here to go on about. Let's do it. Um, so you were in LA last week. Is that right? Yeah. Over the weekend for the uh, Destiny 2 gameplay reveal event. Okay, cool. Um it's kind of a weird event, right? Because it was they like live streamed it and were like showing it off to to public, but then they also had media there doing doing their bits and pieces. Like, how did what do you think of the event like overall? <laughs> I think um, the event itself was like perfectly targeted at one of the two markets that they are gunning for like they they came out on stage and they basically well they literally said we're looking for two markets uh, for destiny 2 we're looking for the returning people and i think that's like a, a given they're already going to come back and play it right like they yeah. need another hit of that crack <laughs> so they're going to come back for it so that's fine like there's nothing wrong with presenting it for them either because i mean they're your core um the other one said they wanted new players um and i was kind of waiting for them and hoping that they would um address what i would see as the elephant in the room uh, of players like me who played you know a hundred odd hours uh which you know is a lot um of vanilla destiny up until i think just before or possibly just after the second drop of dlc uh and just decided fuck this game (laughs) like like i mean it sounds so obvious but we're doing the same things over and over again and i found that in like my lunch breaks i would be eating lunch and then running around some fucking planet that i'd seen forty thousand times checking caves for a random drop of some fucking mineral (laughs) and it's a joke like it's a fucking farce and the fact that there was no story and then you had to go and look at like cards I'm a, I'm a massive Halo fan um not most so much recently but 
for Bungie Halo games, absolutely. And again, warts and all, they didn't tell perfect stories or anything. I'm not even going to call them world-class storytellers, but they knew how to present um, a very kind of basic story incredibly well. Um, so massive fan of, of what they did with Halo. So I was obviously excited for Bungie, uh, for Destiny rather from, from that perspective. And then to learn that the lead writer left a year before it was over and then a year after it came out, I don't know if you read it. Did you read that Kotaku piece? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and everyone suspected it, right? Like people were already piecing it together. There were YouTube videos just after launch dedicated to, Hey, look at this developer diary and look at this location that didn't make it into the game and look at this story arc and look at this, you know, character that we haven't even heard about. And certain things get cut from games. Um, it's an iterative process. Fair enough. But this seemed more like they were cutting quality stuff. Um, and, and it, obviously the final result played like a real hatchet job. Um, and the story, if you would even dare to call it, that is, is completely forgettable. <laughs> so, um, I understand now, have you played it since destiny? I mean, um, no, I kind of, uh, I didn't even play the, um, like the first sort of updates they kind of did where they started tinkering a bit more with the, uh, um, like the raids. Okay. Yeah, I think I did some of them, like the first, maybe the first one, but after that, um, yeah, no, I didn't stick with it. I think I did two, but um, the, the, so the story goes that the Destiny fans who had the patience of saints and persevered or had just straight up drunk that Kool-Aid um, have said that with each DLC release after the first one, there were sort of significant changes um and then, you know, improvements to the storytelling and obviously a lot more content. I think that was the biggest problem, like disappointing that it doesn't have a story, but the, the reality that you're doing the same missions over and over again with zero variables um, was, I thought, insulting. <laughs> it's like it's really hard to avoid the fact that you're grinding when they're literally making you do the same thing over and over again and you can't skip the fucking cutscenes. So... Yeah. Um, so I wanted like the, the, the third target market being me and anyone else who hit a content wall. Uh, I don't think they addressed that properly. Mm-hmm. They hinted at the idea of um, some sort of dynamic elements, the idea of additional content in that, you know, there's a map now. And before I go into this bit, I just want to I just want to flag the things that got the loudest cheers and you would assume this is from the ones who loved Destiny yeah. were the things that should have been in the first game which yeah. were to, like they literally dedicated time to saying we've added a map to the game and you know then more time to saying we got rid of the bit where you have to go to orbit to travel to the place that you wanted to fucking go like it just yeah. does it directly obviously with a or in orbit loading screen uh, but you don't have to do the double handling of going somewhere to then go somewhere else. Which, yeah, like leaving the planet and then going, all right, where do I yeah. want to go now? What, like, whatever idiot <clears throat> decided that was a good idea should be fired out of a cannon into the sun after a loading screen. Well, I think they uh, wanted to have the whole, like, hey, here is my ship, and then let's all look at our ships together, and people have different cosmetic items, and they probably wanted to go somewhere around that. Um, having somewhere else to sell things. 
But it still looks like it's being... I mean, for Destiny 2, it still looks like it's being used as that lobby screen. You know what I mean? Like, you're waiting, you're you're calling your mates, uh, and you sit in space, and and then it flies off in the cutscene that's masking a loading screen. So there's still that element of uh, spaceship envy, I guess, although the ones, the new ones that I saw look like a bunch of sort of sex toys strapped together with tape. Um, (laughs) So they... I mean, I didn't get any sort of envy over... any of the ships and fuck I hope that they announce that they're going to have ship combat I don't think they will but I got actually got laughed at for suggesting it by some of the ner- uh, Destiny nerds <laughs> but, in, but in my mind it's like it was like if, if you put all this time and effort into making something like that I, I think you should be doing more than just look at it uh, and they've done space combat in the past with Reach yeah. uh, you know it wasn't a very big part of the game but it, it, it was fun yeah um, but, but even like looking at games that this sort of genre has spawned of like world of warcraft being one of the biggest ones that that game started off as an mmo like third person hacking and slashing game but then evolved into like these different it started doing different things like it got to the the point where there was like a fucking pokemon game in that game uh like within the game that you could play uh going around collecting creatures leveling them up battling each other um but like they focused on putting different types of mechanics into the game and different different things you can go around and do it wasn't just clicking on an enemy and bat mashing you know one to five they tried different stuff that's in there so with destiny you could keep see them doing something different like it doesn't have to be this first person shooter that's just got you know maybe puzzle elements for the the raid bosses and whatnot they could have like a um, something else in there, like you're suggesting, a, like a dogfighting mode or something like that. There's a conceptual problem with the idea of um, there being too much content because <clears throat> uh, the, the original game, they, if you'd said to them, so this is uh, an MMO FPS RPG, which it fucking is, yeah. um, they would say, no, it's not. It's a shared world shooter or some shit like that. Like, they were trying to get past the stigma of an MMO, I think specifically on the consoles. I mean, it didn't come out for PC. So they wanted to convince consolers that this wasn't an MMO. Uh, still had MMO parts in it. I don't think that they leaned hard enough into the MMO parts or the RPG parts. The shooting is about the only thing that they've you know clearly spent a lot of time and effort on the rpg stuff at least at launch was pretty fucking light on um as were the mmo elements and this whole shared world experience well you were sharing it with what two people or you know 11 others in um pvp which has now been reduced to 4v4 for destiny 2 pvp fans um but they they clearly and i find it strange want to avoid this idea of a subscription-based model uh I don't have a problem with the idea of paying 10 or $15 a month for a game that has a lot of content and that I can see the value in the content that is clearly being added every, you know, one month, two months, three months, whatever the thing may be. But they're going to dress it up and drop DLC, which you know means that they're just going to be holding stuff back. Um, and then trying to get people to pay what 30, 40, 50 bucks more once or twice a year. <coughs> I don't see the point in this being Destiny 2, to be honest. It could have just been Destiny 1, and they just could have kept pumping out expansion packs every quarter or something. Yeah, uh, I guess that's the way people thought it was going to be, right? Because they talked about having this plan of supporting the game over 10 years. And, that's what I thought and, it was And we thought be. it was going to be like this game where you would purchase it once, 
and they would keep updating it somewhere along the lines of that, and your character would kind of progress and carry over, but they've clearly taken that idea and, and have not gone ahead with it because there's no, none of that progression is going to come across. Yeah, and that's the problem of of having what is essentially an MMO and then creating a sequel for it. You you have to reset everyone, and that's that's kind of shit, to be honest. Uh, more so for the people who've put in all the time. So hours, yeah. Yeah, have to restart, and hopefully they have a decent and not a super tacky, although you know it'll be tacky, re- a narrative reason for the reset. Um, An but- EMP goes off. I think they're going to destroy the Traveler, to be honest. But then that sort of does... Apparently, that's what gives you your powers, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But anyways, I think that's what they'll do. Is that the... Uh, uh, that's not the ghost guy, is it? That's not the Game no, the, of Thrones person? No. The, no, he's not in the game anymore. <laughs> he got the too John, expensive. He got too expensive or he was too shit. You know what I mean? Like, the giant orb in the sky is the Traveller, um, yeah. and feel free, Destiny fanboys, to cut sick at me on Twitter about this, but I think, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't actually do a whole lot. hasn't done a whole lot in the original Destiny, so it's just sitting there. <laughs> um, they're finally doing something with it. So, so they want to make a, uh, their words, cinematic campaign experience, and God, those words scare me when Activision is a publisher because that immediately makes me think of Call of Duty. Um, <clears throat> and if you're thinking about Call of Duty in terms of its cinematic campaign experience, what those developers are saying is, we know you're going to play the campaign maybe once, uh, so we're going to throw bombastic bullshit at you for five to eight hours. Um, it's not going to be that smart. And then after that, we want you to spend time in you know, co-op or competitive now, it's a bit problematic when you've got a game where people just want to play the campaign and they and they don't necessarily want to play co-op. They want to play by themselves or, you know, people go straight to PvP. That's not really an issue for them. But I do worry about the, the person that just comes in wanting a, you know, a solid single-player experience. And I hope that they kind of address that with... Um, length of the campaign but also like replayability if people have to do the same missions over and over and over fucking again there better be different stuff about them yeah no, that's fair enough um so like what did they they showed off with the first level was it yeah they showed off but not all of it and then that, that was like again something they should have announced because you could understand why people were going oh destiny's fallen to the twos fallen into this trap of really short levels again because you get you open a door and this this cutscene plays and uh, I think a lot of people misinterpreted that as the end of the level, but it was actually only like a snippet. God knows how long it is, but yeah, I accidentally went through it in ten minutes the first time <laughs> because uh, I had an interview or something and I didn't want to be late for it. So I'm like, okay, so if this is going to be a thirty minute mission, I need to get through it in twenty. So I rushed and then it was done after ten minutes. Took my time on the PC build. Um, and it was about 15. But it's also really funnily. Like, I had massive problems with that. Hmm. Uh, super linear. The AI is dumb as dog shit now. You know, it might be because it's gameplay reveal or whatever. Um, but the, the uh, answer when I asked about AI improvements was pretty generic. Um, but thankfully, the project lead I talked to, Mark Newsworthy said that um, the campaign does open up at the original or the opening level is uh, deliberately linear yeah. for n- newer players, I guess, um, and also to, to throw you into the middle of a, what is quite an exciting opening. <laughs> if you can, comp- do you remember the original opening for Destiny? Um, 
not, I wasn't in a, like a, a factory or something like that. You wake up in a car, or you're brought back to life in a car by Dinklebot, <clears throat> and then you uh, yeah work your way through a factory, and it's all like empty and shit and boring. This one opens with a massive scale attack on the one place in the original game, or one of the few places that was a safe zone. So uh, from that point of view, like it's really cool. Like it's a really good way to get you into it. But as someone who's played it twice already, or played the first ten minutes twice already, I was already bored and skipping cutscenes um, the second time. So <laughs> hopefully, um, it's a bit bigger and better than that. But at least you can skip cutscenes, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm guessing it plays pretty well. Like the first one was, you know, felt like a good shooter. But how did it kind of run on a PC? You said you played it on PC, right? Yeah, um, we were allowed to play that opening ten or opening section of the campaign on PC. Uh, I actually played all of it. Strike. I did a strike on PC, a new strike, which was actually a lot of fun. It opened up a bit more, um, and even though I carried the hell out of the other two players, it was it was lots of fun. Um, and it threw different stuff at you. And, and again, if what Mr. Noseworthy says is true, the boss at the end of a strike will be the same, but the elements, although I'm assuming the enemies, I don't think they're going to change the map layout drastically or anything like that, but th- that will, like, the threats will change as you replay, which is a good idea. It's a very simple but effective idea so that you don't feel like you're going through the motions. And that was a, you know, it was a fun raid. It was about, 20 minutes i think we we did it in um not particularly trying to super rush through it we killed everyone on the way there but yeah but trying to get through it pretty quickly because i think we only had like 20 25 minutes slots um pvp it's all gorgeous by the way like this is a very stunning game we were playing on 4k machines uh 60 frames per second which was awesome and they've said that I think they said it would go up like to 144 frames or something or uncapped one of the two. But anyways, that's all basic and good news. But obviously on the 4K uh, screens, it was all six capped at 60 and they only had it on medium settings. Um, I'm assuming they were trying to keep it at silky smooth 60 and haven't optimized yet, which is probably part of why it's not coming out in September and it's coming out at an undisclosed date after the console version. Yeah. So that, that is actually confirmed, is it? That is confirmed, uh, regrettably. But I don't like that. Um, I haven't posted it anywhere yet, so you can hear it first. <clears throat> Mister Noseworthy tells me that there is no recoil on the PC version. <laughs> he what? said because it didn't feel fun. The guns don't have recoil. Oh, okay. Um. I asked him to clarify, and then he kind of backed down a bit and said, oh, I said, look, are you talking about all guns here? He said, look, I don't want to be the guy that goes down in history as saying that there's no recoil on guns, even though he is the guy who said that. Um, But, yeah. Uh, From what I played, it was true. I didn't notice the recoil thing happening, Um, which is interesting because, you know, that means that people are immediately going to call it a filthy casual game, aren't they? Um, and the, the reasoning for getting rid of recoil on PC was that it feels good on console with, like, I'm assuming vibration and stuff recoil, but it doesn't feel good on PC. And I let me refer you, if that's the case, guys, to every other shooter on PC that has recoil. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I had an eye. Yeah. It's a very weird design decision that, if it is true, 
I will say will get changed before release. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, we're used to dragging down, right? Or, you know, burst firing or tap firing or however you manage recoil. Like You can compensate quite easily. And it also means that there's skill and you don't go for the highest rate you know highest fire rate weapon and aim at the head and spray and pray and win unfortunately wouldn't let us capture footage on the pc version and my theory behind that is that it had the god awful um destiny fov which i think is at 70 or something it's so so fucking bad i i can't believe how like restrictive it is after playing a lot of pc games um they have confirmed that there will be an fov slider Okay. But but I would say that it was a smart choice to not let us capture footage. I mean, there was nothing wrong. There weren't any clashes, uh, sorry, crashes or, or glitches or anything weird like that. But I imagine it would have just been the FOV because as soon as you put that up and go, look at PC, you know, Destiny 2 on PC, and people just go, that FOV is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't get any indication or as to why they're sort of like having that PC version out the door a, bit a little bit later or... Bungie's not making it. It's um, someone else. Yeah. Vicarious Visions. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Like, it, it annoys me in the sense that I'm hoping between now and launch of the console version that, you know, Bungie has some more announcements, Activision has some more announcements, and, and they will focus on content and new stuff that will kind of win people like me back. Because I, I'm okay with giving um, Destiny another chance, but... I'm definitely once burnt, twice shy, and that reveal event seemed more towards new people and uh, more so fans. So it wasn't really targeted at me in that sense. But I've got, you know, I've got concerns. I mean, I've got concerns just of simple things like confirmed peer to peer, no dedicated servers on yeah. anything like that is concerning. Four v four multiplayer is a downgrade from the 6v6 when you're talking about a sequel. And their reason was to create a feeling of mastery? That That's not a reason. That doesn't explain anything, Guy. Are you thus arguing that there is no way to master 6v6 or anything that has a higher player count than 4v4? It's a stupid reason. And I hope that they have more to say uh, about that because it doesn't make any sense. And also... The problem, they let us play this new mode, Countdown, I believe it's called, and it's a very simple mode, 90-second round, so it's over short and sweet, and then you switch sides to attack or defense each round. And your job is to attack one of two points, you put one bomb down, and then the team has to defuse, or you team wipe before the objective is completed. And that's the ways to win. That's fine, but... The problem is they haven't changed the map sizes, so you notice that it feels emptier. It does make flanking easier, especially with a god-awful FOV, but it just feels a bit emptier. Um, and with an objective mode, they're obviously concentrating the fighting around specific points, which is good, but the problem with that is when your super gets up, or when a winning team, let's be honest, super gets up on a particular player, now you can see it on the UI when it's happening, which is fine, but you can easily team wipe with an offensive super. Like, just yeah. without... And because they have to fight around the same point, without even breaking a sweat. And the problem with more beyond that is that your super meter carries over between rounds, which I guess makes sense. But what you get then is teams 
taking it in turns to pop their super once around and just team wipe, team wipe, team wipe. So a small lead becomes a giant lead. And I played on both sides of an annihilation. I first round on PS4, we won 6-0. And the second time we lost 6-1. So, and, and all it takes is, you know, one player to get all the kills, pop the super. The other ones are mopping up. So they're building up their super or focusing on the heavy weapon stuff, which is no longer called heavy weapons. It's called power weapons for some weird reason. Um, and it, it's a concern. It's a cause for concern. Because I think with six players, you've got more options. You you could f- hang back a bit. You could have a couple of people, a few people hanging back. You'd have three people on site, three people roaming, or you know, kind of having a wider berth. So when that specials pop, you can back off. But it was like, seriously, there were times when someone popped a super and it was just like, all four of my team, um, including me, were dead within a few seconds. Concerning. And with host advantage on top of that, and dickheads who like to lag switch, um, and then they haven't really addressed what's happening with cheating on PC either. They just said it's something that they're aware of and they're looking into. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's on fucking Battle.net, what the, what's that about? <laughs> like, yeah, it sh- sounds like maybe Activision could be leaning towards moving all their stuff over to Battle.net maybe. Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, but isn't that a bit of a gamble? Like, don't you want the most people, like, to go to the platform where the most people are playing? I don't think that matters. Like, Battle.net is big enough of a platform with stuff like Overwatch, Hearthstone, Diablo, StarCraft, HOTS. Like, they've got a user base there. I mean, what is it? How is it compared to Steam, though? I mean, that's my point. Yeah. I mean, it does its thing, right? It, it's it's there to serve content, and I've never had any problems with it. It works fine, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's just like it, all the everybody's doing this now, right? They're, they've everyone's got their own launches, and it'd be kind of weird for Activision to also have their own launcher, even though like the, the, like they are the same company, Activision Blizzard, but they don't treat themselves the same company. Like you go there, they're in different offices in Sydney. Um, but I, it just makes sense that they would just have it on the one platform. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's the problematic for the reason you've just identified. Everyone has a fucking digital platform now, so people putting it onto the obscure one, as far as I'm concerned, and that's because I don't play Overwatch, right? Yeah. Um, or any of Blizzard's other games at the moment. It's a, it's a pretty good platform. Like, it does that awesome thing where I think all the games on Battle.net to it where you can download portions of the game and still play it. Yeah. Um, and that's not something that's really been incorporated into Steam uh, as of yet as, like, an overall thing. And I think it's, like, it's got to do with the, the actual games. But, and I don't, I'm not saying this, like, uh, this will have it, Destiny 2 will have it, but it's something that I've seen happen with, um, with all the Blizzard games is that you can download a little bit and jump in and start playing it. You don't have to sit around and wait for 40 gig to download, which is cool. It, like, it's got some cool stuff in there, but we have to wait and see, right? <laughs> you play has that too. Yeah. I just thought it was a really odd line to draw in the sand to make it exclusive to that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess if people want to play it. But, like, considering that they've already dissed the PC market by not releasing the first game on it, you know, it's just like it's just another... Uh, barrier of entry yeah but anyways and i was looking forward to playing it as well on pc but but now i'm I'm, i'll probably have to wait and see like what is the the difference between the launch dates on it is it just going to be 
a couple of days or will it be a couple of weeks? Is it going to be a, a couple of months? Wh- months. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they said months. Um, in which I case, I think they're just shooting themselves in the foot with that. Well, unless they're going to have a like a Rock God launch on console. You know what I mean? Like, if it's problematic on console, PC people are going to be like, yeah, why am I playing this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not going to get any of those sweet pre-orders. Hmm. Especially because it's going to be, what, exclusive to to battle net so you don't need to pre-order if it's digital yeah i played the last one on playstation uh, i think that's where most of the people that i played with were on um i don't mind jumping back on there but i would have preferred to play it on pc this time yeah i'm with you there um but it's gonna be interesting because obviously there's gonna be a bunch of people playing and leveling up on console at launch and then you get torn like do i do that or do I wait for PC and hope that enough people are going to be playing and there's going to be enough of community and enough my friends are going to want to play it um, so that I'm not putting in 30, 40 hours in one and then starting again on another, you know what I mean? Yep. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, cool. Anything else you want to say about Destiny 2? No. No, you're good. You're good. All right. Uh, what else we got here we can talk about? Um... The Surge. You played a bit of this one. How far in are you? Oh, I think I was like a couple of hours, maybe. I just yeah. wanted to to get a taste for that sort of um, PC Power Play article I wrote. Having never played a Dark Souls game, I understand <laughs> it's not a Dark Souls game, but it is of that sort of subgenre, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, it does very similar things. Um, so yeah, I, I was interested to sort of see what you thought about it because. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne and those types of games. Uh, so is Job and, and Jong. But you've never actually played one. So this is... It, it does similar stuff with in terms of, like, you die and then you've got to go back to your stuff and and collect them. And it, there's a shortcuts and the game's hard, you know, very punishing. You only take a couple of hits before you die. Um, there's gear and leveling up and that sort of fun stuff. So, yeah, it, it does some... There's like a genre type thing that it's doing that is very similar that not a lot of games are kind of taking from. Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of it well, like, so far? Yeah, I liked it. Um, it, it was at a very interesting learning curve. Like it, it throws you in the deep end. Yeah. Um, well, as far as a new to the sort of clone, uh, sorry, Souls genre goes, mm-hmm. it throws you in the deep end very, very quickly. Um, and then I thought that I'd cracked it. I'm like, oh, I'm so smart. I can just run back and heal and at this space station. And then I go back outside and everyone's respawn. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so yeah. it was, um, I think in my PC power play piece, I sort of compared it to Groundhog Day meets NASCAR racing or Bathurst racing, if you want the Australian <laughs> equivalent. It's this idea that, yeah, and I guess in some respects, you're kind of doing the same thing, but there's also very much a skill component and, and it's about being patient and it's about, you know, planning your route. And even though you might be doing the, the same thing to get from a, you know, where you've dropped off your loot and you've healed to the next place you want to go, like you can't always rush it or you get punished. You lose half your health just for trying to rush a fight. And you've got to be very methodical. And then the minute that you think that you've got it worked out, they throw in a little little curveball, a, a new enemy behavior. You know, the guys just start running at you and do a jump attack. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Yeah. All right, I'm dead. I'll come back and, and fix that. Or or you, you've got to 
like count i've noticed you got to mentally if you're doing the reset thing you got to mentally remember where all the enemies are because if you stray in a fight too close to them they start joining the fight and oh, if they're the ones that, if they the ones that run like you're about to finish this dude off and you just get smashed in the back uh but yeah i thought that i would find it incredibly frustrating and make me want to quit but it, it made me just keep coming back like okay i'm gonna get this time uh, i don't think for me the surge particularly did a very good job of training me and stuff though mm-hmm. uh, either i was sneezing or skipped or something like for instance i didn't even know i had med um health packs until about an hour in <laughs> okay fucking hell. you're playing on a like really hard mode no, I don't, I don't know about that, but like it might have <laughs> popped up and I might have missed it or yeah. I don't know. I might have, act, you know, like games where you're like, you're pressing buttons, but they come up with a tutorial and then some of the buttons that you would normally use skip the tutorials. I feel like that might have happened. The uh, other thing the game does is it displays the tutorials on objects within the world um, as opposed to having a prompt on the screen. So you, there could have been maybe somewhere uh, where you missed, missed it. it. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was trying to figure out, like, simple shit, like how to equip a new weapon. Um, just didn't work, or didn't know how to do it. I'm pretty oh. sure it tells you this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm looking at it, and I've gone, I've went back through the, the help screen hmm. in that particular part, and I'm like, hey, it's just not working. Like, what is happening? All right, I'll stick with my shit default weapon. That's yep. fine. I really like the dismemberment mechanic. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it's a really cool idea, and, and I, I don't know if you're playing with controller, I'm playing with mouse. Uh, simple scroll of the wheel. Oh. And it's cool. No, I'm playing with a, a controller for this one. Um, I said last week that I really like that mechanic of not, not only does it kind of introduce this, um, having to learn each enemy that you come up against, but each enemy that you come up against every single time is a little bit different because the armor could be in a different spot. And you might be not be able to, depending on where you're facing, you've got to position yourself in a good spot to be able to hit that armor, um, to 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 cut it off, or or even if you decide, well, I'm not going to go for the easy, uh, the easy spots and try and get the bits of the um, this enemy that doesn't have armor, but I can try and take off armor from this enemy and use it for myself and not kind of equip it. But they don't stagger, so you've got you've got to be a bit more careful. Um, I think it's a really cool like risk reward type system they've got in there. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that. And yeah, yeah the idea that you, the quickest way to killing them might not be the best way for getting more equipment, right? Yeah, because you've got to, you know, you've got to get that better armor or you've got to get better weapons, and you can't do that by taking the easier out. Um, but if you want to, you can try. Uh, I I think it's really cool. Yeah, and I find I don't, are you more of a blocking or dodging player? Um. Or both. No, I haven't blocked at all, which is interesting because when I play Dark Souls, I'm a sword and shield person, and I, I, I go into fights with the shield out. You obviously haven't played them, but there's different, no. um, there's different, like, classes that you can play. There's, like, uh, uh, mages or swordsmen's or dudes with spears or, you know, two-handed swords people. Like, you can play pretty much however way you want. And I, I usually run in with sword and shield type person. Uh, whereas in this game, there's a block button, but I never use it. I, I'm always dodging. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Like, I knew it was there, and I'm, a few fights, I'm like, okay, I'm determined to, to get this right. But I think it's got a really small window, which is good. You yeah. know, you, you expect that you don't want these games where you can just hold it down forever. And I feel like it starts using... Does it start using stamina straight away? Maybe. I'm not sure. Or is it only when you get hit? 
might be bigger when you get hit. I don't know. I I think like I just found dodging easier. But then I had the problem that I said before. Like you forget that there's a dude somewhere in the distance and you back off a little too far and then suddenly they're in the fight. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Yeah. I think that um, like you talked about how the tutorial system, um, you, you kind of missed a few things. But I think it, it explains a lot more than what the Dark Souls genre does. Dark Souls kind of gives you the first couple of bits and pieces like press square to to hit or press square to jump whatever the buttons are on whatever console you're playing on um it kind of tells you that basic stuff but otherwise that's the first like two minutes and that's it it's uh it's it doesn't hold your hand any further this one kind of walks you through a few more things like changing weapons and upgrades and crafting and that sort of stuff so a bit more forgiving (laughs) A little bit more accessible, it sounds like. Yeah, a bit more accessible. Um, but, you know, Dark Souls is all about learning and trying to figure things out for yourself. Yeah, okay. And, and not only for yourself, but with the community as well. That whole game is about figuring it out as a community most of the time, which is what's fun about it. Why, why did you never get into Dark Souls? Did you try? And I did. Um, well late to the party, though. I, I remember taking my fucking... This is how late I was. My Xbox 360... Um, up to Brisbane once and I took a bunch of games with me and I, I took that for a spin I, I only played it for I don't know I want to say 30-60 minutes and I, I kind of went exploring which I enjoyed and learned very quickly that that was a massive fucking mistake because there's these dudes I was fighting some ghost dudes and I, my weapon wasn't doing any damage to them okay. and, uh, and I was like uh, yeah I'm not going back over there to get my shit if I can't fight those enemies, I don't like that. Fuck this game. Basically, yep. that's how it went. <laughs> that sounds like my experience when I first played it as well. Well, there you go. Yeah. So the difference is I never went back. Yeah. And that was the, that was the first Dark Souls as well. Um, I, I didn't try to. I actually tried to get a copy. I was told I was going to get sent a copy of three. I, I had coverage lined up, you know. Um, basically, what I did for the search, like Dark Souls newbie versus Dark Souls 3. Because, I mean, tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't they put in a bit of effort to making Dark Souls 3 a bit more accessible comparatively? Little, yeah, they did stuff like that. Yeah, so I was like, you know, I, I want to see. I want to see what it's about. I feel like I've missed out. Like, I don't have a problem with the challenge. But I guess the problem that I had with Dark Souls, the original experience, was it's like, so that is that it? Like, this whole game is just going to be death is how I learn. I'm just going to get supremely punished and pissed off. <laughs> nah. Yeah, that's what it does. It's really good, though. So I've heard. Uh, I, I was in that same boat of I, I got a copy of the first one, um, like a press copy, and I played maybe 30 minutes to an hour of it. I was like, fuck this game. Uh, I don't have time for this shit. Because <laughs> um, there was just so much stuff out. I've talked about this story before, but there were just so many things out at that time uh, that I was playing and I think I was reviewing. So it wasn't until 2 came out that I actually sat down and, and, and played through it with all the other guys that were playing as well and, and gave it the time that it deserved and holy shit yeah that ended up being my my game of the year that year because it was so good um, 2 that, 2 was yeah Dark Souls yeah, 3 right. and Dark Souls 3 for that matter fuck well it's still 60 bucks so fuck that <laughs> Dark Souls 3 is 60 bucks still yeah, on Steam. Is that the full package, like all the DLC, or is that just the? Oh standard? no, no, no! If you want, 
Uh, the deluxe edition, it's eighty four ninety eight USD. Uh, yeah, I would wait for a sale. I'm pretty sure it was on sale yes. like a couple of weeks ago, twenty five percent off or something like that. Sorry, right, because I was going to buy it. <laughs> oh, you don't have it on PC? I, I had a. Um, I reviewed it. I had the. At least I, I don't think I have it anymore. They took it away from us. I had the uh, press copy. Oh, right. And then they made it kind of redundant. Yeah. Let me check. Dark Souls. No, don't have it anymore. There was... When they did the DLC, they um, they must have been using the same build or something like that, and they took it away. I got a notification oh. telling me they were taken away. I was like, oh, sad face. Yeah, that's shit. These days, with those sort of pre-release builds, I've noticed that they seem to have changed a bit, certain publishers at least, where you can just switch it off review build or preview build, and then it just downloads, you know, a different EXE, and it becomes a normal version, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, I've had, I think Prey was one of those recently, that I had like a, yes. a press copy, but once it launched, it switched over to to retail. Oh, it did that automatically, did it? I thought it did. Um, yeah, my, so- mine's changed. Mine just says Prey. Oh, right. Which Maybe is, mine has too. Which is weird. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's strange. Anyway, it, it's good. I like it. I got to the... Um, have you fought a boss, boss yet at all? No, I, I came across it and I ran away like a coward. Okay. Uh, I kept exploring. That was that giant Tonka truck, right? He, um, hmm. right? How did you run away from it? I just went back the other way and went exploring off in the opposite direction. No, nah, that's not the boss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll know when it's a boss. You won't be able to run away from it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. That seems like one of those... Um, it's like another Dark Souls-y type thing where you'll get to something and it's too high level for you, but you got to get past it once you come back. Um, I, not even Dark Souls, but... Zelda-esque where, where it's one of those things where you you kind of come back to that area later on in the game minus the obvious level numbers above their head or whatever yeah yeah um anyway it's cool I enjoy it I think it's 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 a good good fun little game yeah I'm um I mean obviously there's too many fucking games to play especially now that we're well well into the year proper um uh, but I've, I've left it installed I've I, I'm looking, hoping to go back to it in a in a lull if that happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, should we move on? We should. Uh, I'll talk about something really quickly. I went to an event uh, last week. Uh, the Logitech put put together called Rise of the Gamer. Um, they <laughs> it wasn't really a. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, they kind of just sent an invite out and said, "Hey." We're doing this uh, VIP event where we're going to have a bunch of people around. And and that was pretty much all I got in the email. And I was like, all right, okay, this is interesting. Uh, and I get there and it was like a roundtable discussion um, about esports. Uh, and they had invited a bunch of media. Well, not really a bunch. It was like two or three media. <laughs> uh, a, couple of, a couple of streamers, uh, content creators. Wargaming was there. Uh, Red Bull was there. There was uh, uh, people from like uh, like a, a site that does like online betting were there. They had a, a doctor that was there was kind of studying um, a, a part of esports and the psychology behind it. And um, yeah, there was just a, like a really good mix of 
25 to 30 people that were kind of there just talking about video games for two two and a half hours uh mainly the um like the more or less the state of esports in australia like what what's going good what's going bad where where are places that we can improve uh you know why are certain things in the state that they are uh the way like media is covering it and what can be done to kind of make it a bit better um but but generally overall or overall it wasn't like logitech being like hey we've got this new keyboard fucking check out this keyboard which is what i thought it was going to be getting there <laughs> yeah that's right because uh, they even they had like esport uh a couple of esports players from the the chiefs there as well um I was just expecting them to whip out like a mouse or something at some stage or or a keyboard or some sort of device and be like, oh, and by the way, here's this thing. But it was literally th- them just organizing a roundtable discussion to talk about it and try and educate each other on, on where the like where everyone's at at the moment. And I thought it was kind of a, a cool little discussion of, you know, getting people like Red Bull in and, and them talking about where they're at with, with esports and then what they're doing and how... You know, you don't really see esports is this huge industry that's taken off. Uh, something that happened last week, which I don't think we talked about on the news, or did we? That like there was a football club, um, which which bought an, an esports team in Australia. Um, you might know a bit more about that because you're a football person, aren't you? Which football? I don't know. Never mind. I, I think well, it was I think it was AFL. No, <laughs> uh, maybe. Anyway, but but stuff like that of of um you know this, this sort of thing is on the rise we've, we've talked about in the past how there's uh, an nba team recently that picked up some esports teams overseas and there's nba players that have picked up it's just like kind of snowballing there's this huge huge movement towards it and and just talking to different people within the industry to figure out what their thoughts are on it and and what's going well and, and where can we improve in australia um kind of picking everybody's brain so that was kind of cool to see everybody's insights into it uh, that is cool. And they, they talked about wanting to do other stuff like this in the future. And because the last one they said they did about two or three years ago and where they had like a roundtable discussion with a bunch of people. So maybe they'll make it a more of a regular thing. It, it might be cool if they sort of stream this stuff or had a, a way of, you know, getting getting more information out there because they had a, a hashtag that they said people should use. But I didn't really know what I was getting into when I was there. Like they'll make they made us sign NDAs and all that sort of stuff. And then when it was over, I was oh. like, "What did we sign the NDA for?" And they said, "Uh, we were we were gonna show some prototype stuff, but things kind of didn't go to plan." And um, <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure if it was gonna happen. And I was just they were just like as a precaution. But this it's fine. You can talk about whatever you want to anybody. So I was like, "All right, fair enough." Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting little get together and discussion. Uh, unfortunately, Job wasn't invited. They had some other people from Red Bull there, I guess, filling his spot. But uh, right. on the media side, it was kind of me and Alice from Sydney Morning Herald. I think she's from Sydney Morning Herald, right? From Melbourne, yeah. Alice Clark. Yeah. Uh, whatever the the telly. Yeah, I think it's that. Whatever the Melbourne. Sorry, was. not the Sydney Morning Herald. Whatever the 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 one of those are. Um, yeah and then there was like uh streamers there like cham chong um there was some content creators james turner was there um yeah a bunch of bunch of a lot of different areas so it was cool anyway um that's i just wanted to mention that because i thought it was interesting 
That is uh, interesting, but such a like I saw the email through one of the kind of uh, news forwarders that I'm part of with um, a couple of sites, and I'd read it and uh, exactly what you said originally. I'm like, yep, that's going to be like a hardware reveal, like um, like an esports, yeah. you know, focused keyboard or mouse or headset or something. Yeah, but not to be. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was very, I was very confused when it finished. Um, but no, fucking props to them for for just putting something like that on and just not really, you know, needing to get too much out of it. Just wanting to get a bunch of people t- together and and learn and educate each other. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but I, yeah, I would like to see them maybe put it online or because you've got some really cool people in there that talking about interesting things. So um, kind of negating or, or, or kind of just having it in a, a room full of people um and getting you know getting more people involved will be kind of interesting to see see what happens along there anyway um what else we got here to talk about because there's a few more things um uh quake champions (laughs) have you played more no i haven't played more but i (laughs) i wanted to see you yell about it for a bit i played more um i'm actually hoping to play some more this weekend if i get time because i feel like um you know it's quake it's like alien i've got to give it a chance <laughs> yep. so i've given it two chances so far and both of those chances have been incredibly negative uh and i will give it a third chance this weekend and hopefully something sticks something changes because in my mind uh currently quake champions is um a very odd quake clone um which is you know both insulting and also just kind of the impression that I'm getting from it. Like it, it, to be Quake, you have to be an arena shooter. To be an arena shooter, you have to have um, balanced spawns, among other things. So, you know, when Tim Willits argues that this is a natural extension of the Quake formula, um, champions or heroes in this case i disagree and the whole idea that you know people are comparing it to the sort of i guess the younger press people who never really played quake are comparing it to overwatch um which is not and i think that's actually detrimental because they haven't lent too heavily into the uh hero abilities and the champions but it's they're enough like they're present enough and they disrupt enough that they upset the balance of what makes a quake game a quake game mm-hmm. um but they're not so like big and bombastic and amazing that it makes it feel like a hero shooter so they've kind of gone this middling path where in my opinion it doesn't resonate as a quake game but it also doesn't really work as a hero shooter <laughs> yeah because there's no and it's something we talked about last week or, or whenever job and i played it that the modes they're revealing for it aren't objective based modes they're they're deathmatch modes well i played that objective based mode was it soul something um didn't really know what was going on truth be told was just there for the frags but um, that didn't happen. Like the first time that we played, when I played with you and I played with Joby, they obviously mm-hmm. had the server problems because people were teleporting. Latency was all over the place and hit registration was off. They fixed the teleporting. So that's something. But the hit registry is still fucking off. Yep. Um, and you know it's off because the numbers that are clearly spewing out on client side. And why the fuck 
is, what is this obsession with putting damage numbers into Quake? Or, or they did it with Doom um, recently, and they've done it again with Quake. All that does is it shows me when I review the footage that someone should have died when they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes me then go, so your communication between client and server is broken. Uh, and that can't be like in a, in a game that is supposed to move at the pace it does. Look, it moves like a quake game. Yeah. Uh, the weapons feel like a quake game, except when they don't do the proper damage. Like the lightning gun is God. The, you know, um, rail gun is supremely satisfying when you're gibbing noobs across the map the rocket launcher a little bit of a learning curve for me but um it's close it's good still feels good it feels like it's the right speed i I don't want to comment on damage too much at this stage because i feel that the it's still off you know like the Mm. the server's not registering the hits properly um i have you know i mean like it's it's a beta but like when you really don't connect with a game it's it's kind of hard to not just want to pile on so I fucking hate that there's no option to switch monitors. Um, I don't want to switch my gaming monitor to be my primary screen just to play Quake, but I'm going to have to do that this weekend to see if the higher refresh rate, you know, is advantageous, which I'm assuming it fucking would be. Um, and also, I want to test whether... Because I, I believe that the client update rate is linked to the your frames per second. So okay. if I'm only... If, getting 60 frames or whatever on my monitor then it's only updating at 60 yeah um so which means that higher frames equals advantage i mean we're talking milliseconds but technically so we'll see but they may have fixed the servers as well i I find it like telling i mean it's being made for pc only right which is a positive you would think but i find it telling because you know pc gamers are pretty much like trolley when it comes to trying things out for the first time it's like what is the uh the one weapon or the one class or the one whatever that will lead to insta win and <laughs> basically everyone was playing as this velociraptor character can't remember what she i believe was called um but it's basically just a, a raptor you know the dinosaur uh but the, it, it spits acid which i'm pretty sure they stole from what was that game that uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, there was that, but I mean, there was. I'm pretty sure there was literally a an acid spitting dinosaur in some shitty old forgotten uh, brawler between prehistoric animals. Yeah, I remember this one. Uh, I can't think of what it was called. Though. Primal, Primal Rage. Primal Boom. Rage. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that character, and that character can spit acid, and that acid does damage after people have run through it or if you hit them directly it continues to do damage and it also i have video of this it is like it's hitboxes or whatever off in a bad way like if you don't touch it but you go through an area that is still there it might still get you even though you're not touching it (laughs) so that shit and it's such a cheap way to get a kill it's like they've sat down and brainstormed about abilities that would just be incredibly fucking infuriating and remind you that it's not a quake game and put them in the game so there's that and then there's this chick who can fucking go invisible um and like completely not in that plane of existence anymore because rockets and projectiles pass through her and because she's fast it's all she has to do and this happened to me a bunch and you can't get away from them is move close to you and then when she phases back into the world inside you she telefrags you so not only does she avoid all damage while she's invisible she gets a free kill if she's close enough 
fuck you. That's a fucking terrible ability. Um, then there's Bullrush Guy, who nobody uses because he's fucking shit. <laughs> then there's a character who can see through walls. They've made wall hacks an ability. What the fuck are you thinking? I tried... I thought that um, speed was going to be the best thing, so I used... I can't remember his name. It's really bad. The soldier dude? Remember. What's the soldier dude? Oh, does he Ranger. or something? No, Ranger's fine. I like Ranger. Like, if, if they built abilities based on the Ranger logic, it would be great, because his ability is basically just a teleporter. That's fine. That doesn't upset the balance if other people can have access to it. What does upset the balance is a guy who can see through the walls, a chick who can completely disappear and then reappear inside you and give you. Um, a, a dude on a weird little skateboard who gets a permanent health increase as well as a speed boost whenever his ability becomes ready every 30 seconds. And that that health remains for the round, like that health boost. Um fucking stupid and then there's the acid spit guy and I don't even think I fucked around with the other ones but I remember looking through their abilities and just shaking my head (laughs) and just going like there's something that impacts damage that's really bad idea outside of a pickup on a map Um, you know there's something that lets you see through walls what the fuck is this Mm. yeah it's strange man I um like we talked about some of the things well most of the things we didn't like about it but you talk about how there's numbers spitting off characters and like i don't get that because it's not like you're you're not change those numbers change unless you get a quad damage or something it's always going to be doing the same numbers all the time the the reason you see numbers like that in other games like diablo borderlands dota whatever is that you're always upgrading your character so those numbers do change over time and eventually you'll be like holy shit look how much damage i'm doing i'm now doing i'm critting for a million or something like that you know those numbers get bigger and bigger and it's exciting to see that but this game like those numbers are always going to be the same and when there's a a six shooting off someone constantly like a six isn't a big number it's just a six floating around all the time Uh, and it looks (laughs) stupid Yeah, and it's an RPG logic that does has zero fucking place in an arena shooter, and it doesn't add anything, and at this stage, all it does is shows that your fucking netcode is broken. So, you shot yourself in the foot twice there with that particular feature. I, d- I don't understand, man. And, and you know, when you talk to... When I talk to Tim Willits about the idea of, like, he was saying custom modes, and I said, in a custom mode, can, can you just strip back everything? Can you just make it like a traditional Quake game? He's like, well basically talked around it and said you can just go play quake live if you want to play quake 3 <laughs> i'm like i guess that's true man but fuck and and he was he just kept talking about how this is a game made for quake fans how the you know elite players are the best quake players in the world have come in and said they they love it and all this stuff and i'm like i'm kind of okay with being the one guy or you know three <laughs> in the minority um and that's why i keep giving this game a chance like i obviously want to love it it's a quake game but i can't like it's just they but they could have called it something else it could have been a quake clone it could have just been called champions and it would have been okay yes there are elements of quake in there but ultimately it's a different thing and there would have been nothing wrong with that yeah i'll play it a bit more i'm i'm pretty sure i'm still in the Beta, I hope. Well, once you're in, you're in. <laughs> you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Once they start drinking, like the stuff I had problems with was the the reload was taking too. Like you change guns and nothing had happened. I'd sitting there mashing a button and 
I thought the keys were um, bounded or something like that, but it's just that it waits for the reload animation to kick in before changing weapons, which is it's too slow. It doesn't feel fast-paced. So I think if they can get some of the the weirdness and, and jankiness fixed up of it, then I'll, I'll take a, like another look at it and see what's going on. But I'm still not a fan of the hero aspect, especially when it's a deathmatch game at the moment. It doesn't add anything. And, uh, and they've also got universal ammo in there at the moment. <laughs> so that doesn't feel like Quake. Um, that might just be a beta thing. But yeah, if you've got a weapon out, you run over this little white box, it will give you ammo for whatever's in it. Uh, despite the fact that when you pick up a weapon, it's actually quite generous with the amount of rounds that you get, which I, I actually enjoy. Hmm. Like you're not having to think about you know, learning a map plus learning the drops at the same time to kind of get into the beta. And maybe that'll change. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. But at this stage, it's, it's good that they've been a bit more generous with ammunition so you can get a better feel for the guns. But at the moment, I, yeah, I just, I can't. I can't can't get into it. Yeah. And the other thing I found a lot is that it kept throwing me in matches that were about to end. Oh, really? And that's not fun. <laughs> No. Uh, I was waiting for three or four minutes and then all of a sudden I'd been thrown into a match with, you know, a 10 minute match that it, that's got two minutes left. And why is it, it seems to be like, what, eight players at the moment? Is that it or 10? It's it's not a lot. Yeah, it's like eight or 10. And then the maps are small and they just feel empty a lot of the time. Like if you get the wrong run, you're not running into anyone, you're running into your teammate. And why, and why do enemies have giant red arrows above their head? Oh, I don't know. I don't fucking know. What's the point in that? You got to shoot like, the lizard man. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's, you know, have a friendly indicator above friendly's heads. Sure. Yeah. Shoot uh, everyone but, else. <laughs> but yeah, if they don't have one, they bad. Like it, it's, it's this but weird even in mix. Death match, even in regular deathmatch, it's got it where you're fighting uh-huh. everybody. It's like shoot the giant lizard man. I know that. I got to shoot the giant lizard man. Yeah. It's, um, it's odd. It's ah, oh, it's really odd, and and again, I, I like I want to like it because I, I'm a big fan of the, you know Quake One, Quake Two, Quake Three, um, but man, I'm finding it hard. It is, this game is fighting against me to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, let's keep shifting on. Oh, speaking about shifting, <laughs> gene shift. <laughs> I thought you were speaking about shifting. Pray. <laughs> Uh, gene shift. You were playing this before I, I uh, called you. Yeah, I've had a, a play of the demo. It only just came out either yesterday or today. Um, and it's made by a local developer. Um, if you're a Reddit fiend you and you visit Reddit's gaming thread, then you would have seen him on the front page, which is very exciting. And he sort of wrote his little story about how he spent eight years making this game, and it was a little part-time project coming out of university, and it... Um what was it? It was he made a demo, and then people liked the demo, responded to it, and said that they wanted to add more stuff. And it's basically a, a top-down, not isometric, top-down um, GTA-style game with, with, in his words, a little bit of Diablo in it, and that's just sort of upgrades. But mainly GTA 2 because <laughs> it's got cars and it's got guns, um, and it's fun. I'm having fun with it. Like collectively, I've only probably played about thirty or forty minutes, um, but. It's it's also got cooperative and it's got PvP which I'm which I'm keen to try, but uh, yeah, like just reading this guy's story and then he tied it into an AMA as well, so the community were getting involved. But he you know he 
spent the last eight years making this game and I think he moved to Peru to keep the cost of living down because um, he said it was too uh, too expensive in Australia to do it full time so he went to Peru and he was doing it seven days a week didn't have any friends over there so he was able to just focus full 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 time on it and uh, this is this is the result. And it, at the moment, it doesn't have controller support. That's a big request. Um, I think there are people asking if it's going to be ported to Switch and stuff like that. So the community has responded to it really positively. And I think it's on sale at the moment for um, $8 USD. It'll be 10 yep. normally. So it's, it's like the kind of thing where, like, if a Steam game catches my eye, and I'm like, that looks pretty cool, or, you know, that's local industry, I'd like to support that. And it's less than 10 bucks um and it's also like there's a demo which i'd already played i'm like you know that's fun i'm i want to take this more for a spin i'd I'd love to see how pvp works or i'd love to see how co-op works uh that's that's an easy buy for me as far as i'm concerned on steam and because it's like a what four or five hundred megabyte download or something it's even easier yeah yeah i I just picked up a game before we started called dead cells um Dead cells. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's like a. Uh, it's been getting a lot of buzz lately. It, it's a Dark Souls type inspired game, but it's a two D side scroller. Um, did you ever play Rogue Legacy at all? No, no, I, I haven't. I've heard a lot of comparisons to that. I really like that game, uh, and I got Jung and uh, Joe both hooked onto that one. So, yeah, I want to check out this Dead Cells game as well. Did you play Sultan Sanctuary? I think I bought it. I don't think I've played. Let me check. No, I never actually bought it. But yeah, I that, I, was, I uh, that was two D awesome. Dark Souls as well. I, I haven't played. I was kept waiting for the Vita version because I was like, I want to play this on a plane. Uh, and it only they only released the Vita version like a year after PS Four came out really recently. Um, and I, I started playing it when I was watching stuff in the background and I realized you couldn't do that. Like it's just it's it's quite involved and you can't pause it. So I was yeah. like, fuck. Um, Gene Shift looks cool. Yeah, definitely. You can see that inspiration from GTA, the classic GTA games in there for sure. I'll tell you what else looks cool. What else? The the, the benefits of um, sub-editing official PlayStation. You get to find out about cool indie games. There's a game called Tokyo 42. Have you heard of it? Um, No. So, isometric open world shooter, right? Yep. But I'm pretty sure, at least from what I read, that it fucks around with like gravity and stuff like that. So you can end up running on the sides of buildings and shit like that. Um, in a uh, maybe I imagine this bit, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, kind of like a Hotline Miami-style punishing combat, but with the ability to run on unexpected surfaces and things like that, and a little bit, a bit more well, like pulled back on the camera. So that's out at the end of this month. I've added it to my wish list and I keep checking when it's coming out because oh, the art style looks cool looks like a lot of fun so Tokyo 42 I'm going to have a crack at that well after I wait to read reviews <laughs> I'll give it a download and take it for a spin because it looks like fun awesome um, alright let's talk about uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds because we haven't heard about you talk about this yet what at all <laughs> have you I don't know. It don't feels know. like we've been playing it for a while. Yeah. Well, maybe you haven't been here for a while, Nate. Ooh, oh. ouch. Maybe <laughs> you should invite me more. I'm kidding. Look. They invite me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, especially when you get your optimization settings right and 
it actually feels like it's running at a constant, you know, ab- above 60 frames per second. I've I've never play, I've never played a game where I feel so insecure about my ability to shoot than this game because of the sort of problems that have plagued it in my experience since launch being the shit frame rate and then there was the bug where it was losing frames in firefights um so it just made me really insecure and when i doubt my shooting ability i tend to spray and pray and that's the worst thing you can fucking do in this game so what i've found now is that if i have a little bit of time which i did just before this podcast actually is i'll jump in and play a few aggro rounds like deliberately go to places where people are going to drop in droves grab a weapon and just practice the shooting (laughs) um anyways i found this optimization video that i shared with luke the other day uh and it worked a treat and now it it not just seems to run better it also seems to um like i've changed the, the the brightness and the color spectrum and stuff so that players seem to be more visible i they tended to blend into the background a bit for me in Mm -hmm. the past and I'd only see them if they were really obviously moving if other people called them out or if they shot (laughs) which is really bad in a a game where you you kind of need to be very keen eyed don't you yeah you gotta be aware of your surroundings and people do blend into certain you know trees and whatnot (laughs) yeah um, I mean I, I don't see me ever really uninstalling a game like it's like kind of the new siege at the moment isn't it it's it's that first person or not first person shooter but that shooter that we that we just all keep naturally gravitating towards and and i i kind of like it by myself as a practice game but it's more fun in duos and it's even more fun in squads the sort of the i think the tactics ramp up the more you get into it and i think you're a little bit more prone to bullshit when you're playing by yourself yeah and the banter Oh, the bat is great, and the you know getting excited. I um, got in trouble the other night for apparently yelling. I didn't know I was doing it. <laughs> I, do, I do that as well. Don't worry. I get the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I honestly like. I know that I get a bit rowdy sometimes with games, but I I don't think I've ever yelled while sober. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, this is the first time I've been told as well. Oh well, they, yeah, and it's just that kind of game. Like, if you don't have it now, yeah. go buy it. For fuck's sake, like. Um, uh, but like I would also recommend when you buy it go play squad first because I find that people who've you know they hear all these stories and they're like I'm going to I'm going to buy it I'm going to do it I'm going to buy it and they buy it and they come back and they're kind of like oh, I'm not getting into it man I'm playing by myself and it's got a steep learning curve you know you've got to jump in with people who can cover your back who can make up for your mistakes and who can also talk you through the stuff that you would otherwise learn in the first 10 hours of playing yeah like I've only just started using shift like I knew it was there the whole time but I'm like no nah, I'm not going to do that like I've only just shift started running right like no to hold my breath um, oh okay yeah when I'm firing first person I'm like no I don't need that I'm just going to I normally tap fire it's not a problem but now I'm like nah fuck that like you've got to start adding that to, to everything hmm. um, so I do and like I'm the guy who when he plays your average shooter that has a shift mechanic I don't do it I just like counter for the sway and fire but you know any sort of edge that you can get in this game and and especially because you've got to assume that it's going to take uh you know five or six shots to put someone down Mm -hmm. i like i love that idea of like picking your battles and saying 
I'm not going to win I, this fight. <laughs> well, not, not even that, but like, can I put this person down? Do I back myself to get off six accurate shots at this range to kill him? And a lot of the time, like today, um, I got like one shot kills and that's obviously because they were, you know, wounded. Um, but you can't ever rely on that. So it's like, there's this dude and this dude ended up killing me. I'm like, he came in in the buggy. I was tracking him along the, the ridge. I'm like, okay, can I get the shots in? Yeah, I reckon I can. But he did the right thing. I hit him a few times and then he went prone and crawled over the ridge. Um, and I pushed up and he had already shuffled over into a better position and I probably already healed as well. So, yeah. And, and you're wondering the whole time, like, is this guy backing off to heal or is he going to do something unexpected and push? Hmm. Um, and then the times that you're on the receiving end of a shotgun death, like, fuck. <laughs> but I, I fucking love killing people with shotguns. It's so satisfying. Um, and I got a bunch of shotgun kills today. But I'm noticing that I'm getting a bit more confident. It's one of those games that, while, like, tactically, I guess, it's like riding a bike. Like, it's something that I feel that you need to kind of put in a few hours a week um, just to make sure that you on top of the shooting <laughs> yeah and on top of the meta and how the game plays because it's it's definitely changed a lot people are getting a lot better at this game yeah which is good like it, it forces you to lift um but just sort of the ways that you you manage or approach the factors that are outside of your control i think is what makes that game um a classic and you know like the, the we just talked about the yelling like you're yelling because of the tension and the, the satisfaction at the end um, whether it's solo or duos or squads is immense and unlike anything that I've had in other games outside of those rare moments where you have a victory like in fucking Battlefield or something that's by like one point or two points or something like that you know what I mean or, or where you turn around a massive deficit that stuff's always satisfying in any game but this game just does tension so well Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah uh, I kind of just want to go play it now but <laughs> but yeah I, mean, I, I love it I love it and uh, and it's getting better and and it's the fact that they're what, how many times are they patching it what twice a week yeah a couple times a week and then they're doing week, like weekly proper patches and then monthly patches as well and they're being super transparent which you know obviously we love from uh, Ubisoft's approach to Rainbow Six Siege I think that's why Siege has gone on to be the success that it was because that had a rocket as fuck launch you know yeah. and and I think for a lot of people playing Battlegrounds if they got the um, the shittier sides of the bugs the crashes and whatnot which I haven't had a lot of to be fair um, you can understand why people were going what the fuck's this all about you know what's the appeal and I think the, the rating on Steam was not like overwhelmingly positive or very positive wasn't it like just positive or something I don't know um, not sure. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to check. <laughs> I'm gonna have a look real quick. It's seven out of ten, and I thought for, like it's mostly positive is the rating. Um, and I don't know about uh, your metric of Luke or for anyone who's listening, but for me, if I've heard good things about a game, I'll go look at it on Steam, and if the rating is mostly positive, I will doubt. I'll go, uh, and then I'll look at the price, and I'll go, oh, thirty bucks. Oh. It's a bit rich, you know, and you start umming and erring and doubting, and then you go read through the reviews, and you're like, where are the thumbs down? I want to see what that's about. And then you find some twat who's played 280 hours and received a game for free, <laughs> who's saying, I cannot possibly recommend this game. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah, well, it doesn't say it in those words, and, um, but that's but they're my favorite Steam reviews. Yeah. Like. 10,000 hours I can't recommend this game I'm like motherfucker 
your hours have recommended this game, you stupid shit. Like, you're not saving anyone by saying that fucking shit. Hmm. But like, yeah, I think I think it's great, and I think um, it's got a steep learning curve, and you've you've got to be willing to persevere, or you've got to like. I mean, we've got a channel, right? So, or you've got a channel. You can jump in and play with us. Um, that's a good way to start. Um, and, and you know, I don't think I don't have a problem with training people. Like, I think it's good because it sets your expectations that we're going to lose, and that's not an insult to the new player. Like, that's just that's how you should expect to play initially, um, and then you start getting a bit more confident. And even when you're having like a perfect run, you've got all the weapons, you're doing all the right things, you still can die from that amazing bullshit, you know, AWP headshot from across the map, yeah. <laughs> or, or your teammate driving up a you know into a rock and flipping your car or something like that has that happened to you has it uh maybe yeah <laughs> who did that who was no, driving no, shame no. them shame them <laughs> no it's cool um yeah like they're still still doing some awesome stuff with it I, i've definitely been getting those um those crashes quite a lot recently uh really? we, we played last night and we had one game where half our squad crashed well i guess oh, there's four of us in the squad and two people end up crashing during our game and then the next game i crashed and i was just like man some of this stuff would be good to fi- be fixed but i don't know they took out they took out the flashbangs to fix those fixes that fix those crashes it really hasn't worked has yeah, it? it hasn't worked for some stuff so a bit unfortunate it's not every game that it's happening but when it does happen especially when you've been putting in you know, when you're 15 minutes into a game and you're doing pretty well and then it just crashes or you, it says lost connection or something like that. And there's no way of getting back into the game, which I think would be, you know, at least a redemption if they had a reconnect button in there or something. Oh, it um, seems like it's built for reconnect because your avatar still stays in the world, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, but at the moment, it's a weird thing, right? At the moment, they've got it so that you can't kill that avatar. Um, for a couple of minutes that way oh. it stops people from stealing stuff and that sort of thing um, but I don't know then, then what happens if someone legitimately comes up on your body that you, you can't kill them anymore uh, that allows you to reconnect uh, it's just I don't know there's, there's some thinking they've got to put into it a bit more to try and sort that, that issue out uh, but I think there should be a reconnect button definitely yeah absolutely I'm all for that yeah anyway uh yeah we got a, a discord channel the gapodcast.com slash discord if you want to jump in and check that out we've got a quite a number of people playing that usually every every night sometimes two or three squads yes yeah um and there's a new patch coming tomorrow night as far as i'm aware as long as the game doesn't break with the uh the updates new monthly patch so they're going to put in some new wep- uh, a new weapon uh a motorbike some bug fixes some some gameplay changes they're going to slow down some of the circles towards the late game which is something I've been uh, wanting but yeah that's that's good especially because you get fucked by the circle you're on the other side and there's literally no way you can make it over there in time yeah but I think um, uh, I, they're, they're talking about the last two circles so I don't know if that means like the very last uh. two or if there's some sort of because uh, you know how the, the bomb stopped drumming at a, a certain point in the game um, oh I didn't know well yeah I guess the point where the circles get small enough small enough that the, those stop uh, but I, I don't understand if they're talking about the very last two circles if they're the ones that are going to be slowed down because if they are I don't think that that's enough 
it it's needs not to much be, of a difference. Yeah, it's not much of a difference at all. It needs to be like the last maybe four circles or something, um, maybe four or five, because it gets to a point where you can be just running for most of that circle because they move too quick and they're only there for about a minute before they start retracting and and you're no longer fighting people you're fighting the circle and positioning and i don't think that's the way that end game should play out it should be more about trying to take out other people yeah Um, the the mechanic is sound the idea of pushing everyone into a zone to fight it out that's cool but it needs some refinement yeah Uh, and i what i've talked about is having that circle should be slower but either does more damage uh, I think should be one thing. And also, if you're outside the circle, you, it should lower your accuracy or something so that you can't shoot in the circle. Because at the moment, it, some of those circles don't do enough damage so people can kind of camp outside them. Um, yeah, but, but if and there's they a negative effect, Yeah, they, they end up, you know, going outside the circle and running around and sacrificing people and that sort of thing. So I think there's a lot of changes that they can make behind that. Well, a lot of people towards the end, if they've got the right meds, just do the boosters, right? So they just get fully boosted up so that they can duck in and out of um, the blue bit. Yeah, yeah. Which is, again, I don't think the intention of the design of the game, right? No, no. So I, I would like to see them change a few more things there. Uh, but it seems like they're rolling it out slowly. They, they might be wanting testing. They, they might want to test some of this late game stuff and see how it works and then sort of snowball it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's keep moving on. What else we got here? I think this is the last one. Yeah, it is. Um, Prey. Uh, Job and I talked about this last couple of weeks. You haven't been around, but how have you found it so far? You haven't finished it yet. No, I was... Um, and we won't talk about spoilers. We're, we're talking just no. general stuff. I was super addicted to it, as you know. Like, you guys were all moved on and were playing um, Battlegrounds, and I was just like, no, nah, no. Nah. Prey, Prey has my attention. Prey has my love. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a proper immersive like game that haunted me, and I wanted to be playing it when I was working and stuff like that, which is always a good sign. Um, but then I hit some really bad endgame bugs. Not the save game stuff that some people, unfortunately, had, but things started disappearing from my inventory (laughs) which sucks so spare parts which i had been using to you know fix and upgrade turrets specifically was part of my end game combat strategy which was working really well uh they all disappeared and Mm. i thought that i'd stupidly recycled them but i kind of knew in the back of my mind that i hadn't because i'm like come on you're very particular about how you do this um and you know what they look like and you don't touch them and unlike the suit repair things that i had like 40 or 50 of across different um slots the spare parts all seem to stay in one slot regardless of how many you get yeah so anyways i was like okay maybe i fucked up fair enough but then i lost (laughs) a a particular gun that i had fully upgraded (laughs) and that was very effective against certain enemy types uh, when it's fully upgraded. And I started to panic. So I was like, okay, I'm going to main path it now because I was getting very distracted doing everything on the side, finishing as many side missions as I could. I went, no, no, fuck it. I've got I to gotta main path it now because what if all my shit disappears? <laughs> yeah. Like, what if I get to the end of the game and there's some sort of boss fight and I don't have any weapons? Fuck. Uh, I didn't lose anything else in the couple of hours after that, but... I got up to a mission, no spoilers, towards the end that after some research into what might have gone wrong, um, found out that 
it, there's a particular thing that spawns in one of four spots and then can randomly spawn in various points in those spots. Um, and of those four, there is one that you really don't want to get if you get the bug that I get, which is there's a missing objective marker. And what I have to find is outside the space station. Yeah. So I think I already spent 45, maybe an hour looking, just cruising around, seeing if I could force this particular thing to reveal itself um, or checking spots that I found. Other people had found it online. (laughs) No fucking luck. And then because I've had disappearing you know objectives and disappearing items it, you can't help but wonder has this thing actually not fucking spawned yeah. and i'm gonna keep searching and and like right. i've read <laughs> yeah i i read uh forum entries of people who search three four five hours i'm like i'm not willing to search fucking five hours around you know a space station i think that's ridiculous so this fantastic momentum that i had and this willingness to to just be absorbed in this game that turned into okay i've, I've got to drive towards finish line got to get it done and also you know i wanted to talk to you guys about the ending because i understand that there was some division on how good it was um i can't finish it and and there was a beta patch that i signed up for that apparently fixed missing objective markers it did not <laughs> and i think it's patched since so i'll probably jump back in and just have a look and it's very easy i just jump back in and see if it's an objective marker and if there's not then i quit but i i've made it so far that i don't feel that i can just jump on youtube and watch the endings like i feel like that would be a cop out like i've I've earned the i've deserved the ending you know like i've earned you deserve the ending that you like that you get right oh yeah exactly and there's that as well based on the decisions that i've made and whatnot uh but my understanding is that I'm maybe two missions away from the end. <laughs> so it was pretty, it was pretty gutting. I mean, I'm over it now, like not over the game, but I'm over feeling gutted because yeah. that was like what, two weeks ago when it all started happening and I've since moved on to other things and been busy, but seeing it in my steam folder fucking pisses me off. Steam. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. I'm so close to finishing. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm a, so guilty of installing like way too many games like i've probably got 20 games installed at the moment and they all just sit there and judge me and i'm like no i'm not going to install that because i'll probably i'll finish that someday <laughs> uh and then i never do and they're, they're designed to sit there and judge me that when i've got a minute and i'm in the mood for something i've got cho- choices and hopefully i'll pick something that oh yeah i've only got a few hours left before i finish that game i should go back and do that like fucking darksiders that i put in 20 hours uh main pathing and I'm very close to the end but haven't finished because I never properly played Darksiders 2 and I want to play the shit out of that on PC because it'll look a lot better and anticipation of Darksiders 3 yeah I'm going to do that some, some stage too <laughs> well good luck I mean the first game's good it's, it's got its problems but it's it holds up man it really does yeah I guess for me the thing with Prey was I was doing the same thing of going through and wanting to complete everything yeah. I, I was going for that completionist run and then yep. I had the uh not as bad as what you did but uh i had objectives that i couldn't finish like it bugged out on me yeah and, th- and then it got to that point where i was like well i can't i can't do this mission like what's the point in doing the rest of the side missions like i wanted to 100 percent it uh and that really bummed me out <laughs> yeah i mean we're not um very time rich these days especially when we're kind of expected to play a lot of games as part of our work yeah. which is not something i'm complaining about but like the I, because I know that, because I, I know it's unlikely for me to replay a game. That's actually Darksiders is such a rare instance of me replaying a game. And I started during the quiet 
times, um, which was months ago. <laughs> yeah. But with Prey, that's exactly why I wanted to do a completionist playthrough because I'm like, like I've got this, like I'm, I'm in love with this world. Hmm. So while I'm here and while I've got time, while I'm addicted, I want to complete it as much as possible and then I'm going to finish it and I'm going to uninstall it. Um, yep. And maybe many years from now I'll revisit it, but like f- for now, when I'm yeah, when I'm all about it, and it's just there's yeah, I, d- I think there's few things worse in gaming than getting 24, 25 hours into something, being so close to the end, and then something fucking up and just going, oh, I can't, I can't finish this game. Yeah, because you're like, like, oh, I know it's good. Yeah, <laughs> like and, and dishonored, it, right? <laughs> Oh my god! See, that's another thing. Like, I I really feel after, especially after Prey, that I need to go back and play Dishonored Two. Um, it's still really poorly optimized, man. And I, like, yeah. up until about a month ago, I was regularly checking in after each patch to to see if they'd fixed it because I know I loved the first one. I knew I was going to love this one, but it's just you know performance gets in the way like i'm not going to play a game that drops down to fucking 20 frames per second on low settings when i'm outside that's just garbage on a, a fucking 980 when you've got these, a good computer yeah really good. yeah i'm yeah. sick of these games that make my like it's not the highest of the high end but like it's still a fucking decent computer i'm sick of these games that make my computer feel like shit just because they haven't optimized yeah, there's no reason why you're. We can get 144 frames in Battlefield One at 1080p, or or even uh, you know, I played Sniper Ghost Warrior uh, Four or whatever they're up to. I can't remember. And like, get awesome frame rate, but with that game, it's just like just tanks so hard. Yeah, and and it's like. I remember when I first started playing Battlegrounds and I had everything on very low and I was seriously considering buying a new computer. I had to slap myself. I was like, that's stupid. Yeah, there's nothing and wrong then, with the $800 graphics card that you bought a couple of years back. Yeah, and then you go and play. You go, oh, there's new content in Battlefield 1. I'll jump back into that. And you're getting fucking 100 frames on high settings and it looks gorgeous. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> like 64 players, you know, explosions and, and, you know, destructibility going off everywhere. And you're like, okay, so you guys just haven't optimized your game. Yeah, exactly. Which is fair enough for a smaller team in early access, but when you're, like, dealing with something that's supposed to be, quote-unquote, AAA, I think it's reasonable to expect more. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, hopefully you'll finish Prey soon, and if you do, we'll, we'll try and get you on for our, our Prey uh, spoiler cast, but... Uh, fingers crossed for that one <laughs> would love to talk spoilers but yeah at this stage I'm incapable of doing that <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully when Joe gets back we'll get some time to sit down and do that one because uh, nice. he's been quite busy uh, I think that's it that's that's all we've got for games that we've played uh, we'll jump into news quickly and then wrap things up because there's uh, there's a few things we can talk about we're getting a bit closer to E3 uh, I think we're what two weeks out yeah exactly two weeks out so is it it's a bit longer than that, isn't it? Uh, when is it normally? Like the thirteenth. F- oh, they must have pushed it back. Okay. Yeah, the EA EA play starts on the tenth. Ah, uh, okay. It's a week later. Yeah, so yeah. three weeks. All right, fair enough. Um, anyway, Red Dead Redemption Two has been delayed. It's been pushed back till next year. What? No. Not, not much of a surprise. I think I. I yeah, I think I called. I've been this saying it in February. <laughs> I called it as soon as they announced it. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't remember. Someone was saying, I thought it was you. Someone was saying, I don't know, um, Game of the Year. It's going to be Red Dead. I'm like, no, that game's coming out in 2018. <laughs> At the earliest. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I thought they were going to hit it. Um, but then when Zelda came out, I was like, ah, that game's like a 97 or a 98 on Metacritic. And Rockstar love their, to flaunt, like their game of the year stuff. Um, and I think that would have been a tough call to go up against that game. Shit, that's a good point, man. You should definitely write an article about that. That'll get all the hits. Yeah, so I think in February when we we're talking about Zelda, I, I brought up that I didn't think I, I didn't think Red Dead was going to come out this year, especially after what happened with that. So, um, yeah, I called that in February. Easy. I, I think that it, it also gives them more time to work on it and polish it and whatnot. We, we know that Rockstar isn't afraid to to push push back games, like and Two K will let them. Sorry, will take two. Will let them because um, their games make money they, they print money um, uh, yes yeah they don't need to rush anything they don't need to rush it uh, and this at least gets them out of the way for Zelda for game of the year awards <laughs> so yeah I hadn't thought of that that's such a good point man <laughs> yeah I mean if if Zelda was maybe coming out towards the end of this year I don't know we'll see what happens but the fact that that game's out already and it receives such high acclaim uh, that we've not seen in a video game for, what, a, a very long time now. Uh, it's been, you know, maybe 10 years since a game has scored that well. Uh, yeah, you don't really want to go up against that sort of stuff. Anyway. Not if you care about Game of the Year, I guess. Yeah, they released some new screenshots and, and that sort of stuff. Looks pretty. Looks it does, pretty. but all, ro- ro- all Rockstar games look pretty, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, so anyway, I guess we'll hear a bit about that. Um, I don't know when they announced this came like a year ago, and we haven't heard anything since then. Other than now, it's been pushed back. So who knows the next time we'll hear about this thing? It sounds like um, March they're aiming for. March. I, I was I was hoping that we'd hear something at um, E3 that they'd pro- most likely be on you know the Sony, Sony stage, yeah. stage or something like that. But I think that's a bit less likely now and I mean they don't need something like E3 to show off you know their game at any point at any time on any day they can go yeah we're just going to drop a gameplay trailer and like and people will look at it yeah Rockstar are on their own like plane they'll do whatever they want they don't need anyone else to help them out with that one yep yeah alright next up is uh, some Nathan Drake stuff stuff Uh, Tom Holland has been I guess cast or it's been announced that he's going to be playing Nathan Drake in the Uncharted film. Uh, and it's going to be a prequel. That's fucking shit. <laughs> Why is it shit? I'm not even a big fan of Uncharted. Like, I like them, but I don't, you know, rave about them like everyone else does. Um, You're crazy. But it's such a bad idea. And, and because I was interested in the movie, because the script was written by... I'm blanking on him now. The guy who did... You know, the Grey and Narco, uh, Narc, rather, and Smoke and Aces, which is like one of my biggest guilty pleasure films of all time. Okay. Uh, uh, Joe Carnahan. Okay. Yeah. He'd written a script and he talked about it. He said he'd send it into Sony uh, or whomever, and he says, I'm really fucking happy with it. Like, I've used the games as inspiration, but I've been given free reign to not just make the game movie, like, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Well, maybe that's the script he's written. But 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 that was for an older <laughs> Drake. I'm pretty sure they've got to go back. He's still attached to it, according to IMDb. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. If, but the, I'm, I'm assuming that they have to rewrite the script now. Maybe. Like the the so the director. I've got some notes here. Um, 
uh, Sean Levy, he's been attached since October, as far as I'm aware, sometime last year. So he's been working on it for a while. Uh, and he's behind uh, Real Steel, um, the film with like Hugh Jackman with giant robots fighting each other. I, I really like that movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, he's done the the Night in the Museum and Night at the Museum series, <laughs> all three of them. Oh, okay. They that's, they've that's... apparently reviewed pretty well. Like the first one was good. I think the second one was okay, and the third one was just a bit like, yeah, okay. you're done. Uh, he's also an EP on and director on Stranger Things. Nice. Um, so he's, I think he's directed two episodes in the first series and he's directed two more in the second series. Uh, but he's also one of the EP's uh, executive producers on um, Stranger Things. So he's done some cool stuff. And, and as you said, you've talked about the writer. I don't know if he's still attached, but he, he's still on there for the um, you know, IMDb. Maybe it's changed. Who knows? Well, you'd hope that they would take bits of that. But my, I mean, I might be completely wrong, but my understanding was that he was writing it for, you know, the kind of the Nathan, the older adventure than Nathan Drake that we're used to from the games. Yeah, especially like with films like The Grey and Smoking Aces being more R-rated, um, like adult films. It yeah. could be that this... Especially by casting Tom Holland, they're going backwards of more of like an action adventure. Even though like Uncharted is um, like your Indiana Jones, they could be going a bit more early than that. Yeah, and I and I think and like you're a fan of the series. I, I'm sure I'm not out of line when I say this that the the bits of the game where you play as young Nathan Drake are like the shittest parts of those games. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the last one had some uh, cool stuff in there for the story elements, but. It's, um, yeah, that's not what I'm playing the game for. Yeah. Sorry. No, exactly. th- I mean, I, the stories are good, but I'm not, I'm not playing for the game. I'm not playing young Nathan Drake. That's not what I'm in for. I'm, I'm in for the other characters that are in the story. Yeah. I mean, look, it's interesting. You're, I'm always on the lookout for that one, you know, uh, game to movie adaptation that will actually finally show the world that it can be done. And I don't honestly don't really care how they do it. If they want to completely reinvent the wheel, if they just want to take inspiration from it, if they want to do a prequel, a sequel, a flashbacks, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but like this registers is weird to me <laughs> because why wouldn't you focus on older? Maybe that you know what? Maybe they are avoiding it because there's a new indie film coming out. Maybe. And they've already got an older guy, you know, who's too old for this shit. Wouldn't would it would it be funny if they cast like Shia LaBeouf in it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be so good. <laughs> but I like him. I think he's a good actor. But. What if Tom Holland is the younger Nathan Drake and Shia LaBeouf is Nathan Drake? Nathan Mutt Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who calls their kid Mutt? Fucking hell. Will Shia be in the new Indiana Jones? No. No. Okay. No. Bold statement there. I don't think so. Do you like? Is anyone clamoring for his return? I don't know who takes who. Who's who plays old Shia LaBeouf? Is it Chris Pratt? Why is he old Shia LaBeouf? It's just say they replace him with someone else. Oh, right. maybe, maybe Chris Pratt. He's in fucking everything these days. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be weird, but amazing. I'd watch that. I have a feeling that they're going to do what? Have you heard about the new Die Hard movie? No. I mean, <laughs> Again? Yeah. Apart from the fact that 
fuck that. The, what they're doing is they're making a soft reboot and they're having like two timelines. So they'll have um, present day old as fuck disinterested Bruce Willis. And then they'll have a flashback to a story that we haven't seen that's relevant to his past with a younger actor playing that. And then I believe that they're going to use that younger actor to make more diehard movies. Oh. Which I'm actually okay with because Bruce Willis these days just doesn't give a fuck. So, yeah. As long as they cast right, cool. But only because he has sucked the fucking joy out of the Die Hard series. Prick. Um, I think he just likes money. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but sell out, but do your job right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you're getting paid millions of dollars. You fucking expected to put in a decent performance. Yeah. Fucking do it. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the last bit of news here is something I think we talked about maybe a while back. I'm not sure. Um, we definitely talked about it last week that uh, Far Cry 5 has been announced. And uh, we got some teaser trailers this week in the form of actual video, like full, full motion video trailers. Yeah, sorry. They were, they were interesting. Yeah. Um, basically, like 15, 20 minute clips of the footage of uh, Montana and stuff happening in there, mountains and hills and, and that sort of thing. There was one in particular which was amusing, the uh, the shot of a church and a bell ringing. <laughs> I quite like that one. I saw it. All I saw was like a little trailer that went for like two minutes. Was there more than that? I, I might have... I think they chopped them up. Right. And they would show on like those bits and pieces all over the place um okay but yeah the full length one was uh i like towards the end where it's got the church yeah well i saw that bit in the trailer <laughs> uh that was a very nice touch i think um what's interesting me about uh far cry 5 is uh that old mate what's his face vas the actor who played vas michael mando yeah, he started talking about it recently, right? Yeah, he started sharing stuff. And, you know, at that stage, it looked like it was concept art that looked like it was an island. And it's like, okay, they're going to bring Vass back somehow. Because I think he was, like, one of the coolest parts about Far Cry 3. Yeah, for uh, sure. He was, like, the biggest thing, right? It's because they did that E3 reveal demo and everyone was like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Yeah, and when you talk to him, like, I actually got to chat to him when before he kind of was a bit more popular and is in now like what better call Saul and stuff um he was talking about like how he he hated the fact that they used that that particular take <laughs> yeah. because he was like he did a practice run and then they did something proper uh but they used i think his accent and whatnot from the first take and anyways he, he got sent it and he he hated it and then he's like, it was like his cousin or something. He's like, no, nah, man, you got to watch this. Like, you got to watch it on YouTube because everyone's fucking going nuts over your performance. And uh, like, it was just crazy that it looked exactly like, like they based the likeness on the dude as well. So they got to do that little video series. Did you watch it with, with McLovin? No, no, I didn't. Oh, it was pretty funny. It was like these short little videos of paradise gone wrong. And McLovin was just this dickhead who'd landed there. And Vass was like torturing him in different ways. Mm. No, cool. I didn't, didn't see that. Um, so, yeah, uh, Far Cry 5 teaser, other than, like, no gameplay stuff. It's just full-on video. Uh, Montana is a setting. And so, this seems to be tying up with all the rumors that we've heard in the past of there being set in Montana. Um, the other thing people were talking about is, like, having it be tied into some sort of religious cult. Um, so, whether or not that will 
come into play. We're not too sure. There was a like a Wild West rumor going around at one stage, but that doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be the case with what, what we've seen in this video so far. I think the religious cult thing is a good idea. Yeah, it certainly fits in the whole idea of madness. You know, uh, that's supposed to be in the Far Cry series these days. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard uh, like some of the guys in the Discord channel the other night talking about. And you're speculating on what it could be and, um, you know, tying it to t- some TV shows that have been on the last year or two, um, like True the Path. Yeah. Did, did anyone mention The Path? I haven't uh, watched it I don't yet. think so. That's an Amazon one that's all about some weird cult shit. But yeah, True Detective. That yeah, was- like True Detective. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll find out in the next, I think on Saturday in Australia, the reveal is going to be Friday the US, so... Other than that, we don't know what else. I don't. Yeah. You didn't see, did you yet? <laughs> no, no. But like, I'm just a bit. It's just a bit weird now that people seem to deliberately announce stuff just before E3, even though we know we're going to see more there because maybe they're worried about leaks or something. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is that go- going to E3 and, and when I was going quite a lot, they would uh, they would actually tell you what you'd be seeing most of the time. Uh, there were instances where it was like, all right, here's some stuff for unannounced games. And the thing was, do you book yourself an hour in to see an unannounced game that nobody, that that maybe nobody cares about? Or is it going to be the next, like, AAA big game that people really want to know? Like, yeah, that's and, tricky. And booking, E3 is such a big thing that um, it's very precious, your time, and you're running around for three days straight from appointment to appointment. And every PR person wants you to go. So they just say, like, you need to come to this one. And you get there and it's like s- some children's Shit. game or something like that. Um, <laughs> but there have been instances where I-, I have done E3 and they've been like, all right, this is the next. Uh, I- like, I can refer to Call of Duty was one of them. They said, this is the name of it. We're going to be showing this. It's unannounced. You can't tell anybody about it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I remember, uh, what was the last David Cage game? Not not Heavy Rain, the one after. Beyond Two Souls. Beyond, yeah. That hadn't been announced yet. And I remember taking a booking for that. And they were like, yeah, this is David Cage's new game. Um, it's not announced yet. Uh, you know, don't talk about it. <laughs> don't. It hasn't been revealed. But like, as media, you're booking in these appointments that the rest of the world doesn't know about. And, and then leaks do come about, unfortunately, not through media, but, you know, either pro- promotional material or uh, people leaking it other way, and sometimes maybe through the media. But I think this is their way of getting on top of, the, of that and saying, all right, this is going to be here. We can talk about it now. You know it's coming. Um, at least we're the ones controlling the message. Yeah. But it's, it's also weird because, you know, E3 used to kind of be like Christmas as someone who always watched it from home i've never been um you you just be like okay what are they going to announce what's you know what's expected you know the fucking call of duty or the battlefield or whatever like i'm looking forward to seeing more of that but then what's the new stuff what's the like what was that the days gone you know for the the playstation yeah but just the scope and the scale of that and how intense it was and i'm like wow like you know you didn't know that one was coming and it was really impressive Hmm. so yeah, I, I kind of missed more when it was about that, but I guess it still kind of is in a way. The ones when they don't, when they don't leak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure there will still be things at E3 that we'll hear about, and we'll be like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Um, but you know, there's two of them: a Far Cry Five and 
I guess the crew is the other one. No one really gives too much about that, but uh, Destiny Two could have been a big one. Um, so that there's stuff there. They just, I think, they want to be more controlling about the message and and being on top of these things before it gets out. And they don't want to get lost uh, amid the noise, you know. Yeah. Like there's a lot of big games that are being talked about um, at that time. So yep. they they announce ahead of time, and then they show you a little bit, and then they show you some more. So I I, I would assume that Destiny Two will have a presence, you know. And uh, there'll be there'll be different stuff that they haven't talked about and touched on, and it'll likely, let's be honest, be attached to Sony. <laughs> And they will announce some sort of partnership and exclusive deals or whatever. Um, and then they'll hopefully go into a whole bunch of new content. They can get people like me excited about the idea of wanting to play Destiny again. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, all right, let's 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 wrap things up then. That's news. Um, you're not going to E3, are you? Nope. No, no that's unfortunate. Are you uh, going? No. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it from here. How's that? Sound? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wee hours of the morning on Discord, <laughs> teasing everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, but first, I want to thank our Patreon member members uh, for this month and every other month. In fact, um, they help support the show. Uh, this month, in particular, where um, we've just renewed our domain, which is awesome, uh, and we're about to sort out the hosting over the next week so all the people that help uh, put on this show every month um, we appreciate their support and if you want to help out you know every dollar helps in any way possible um, you can go to patreon.com slash the GA podcast and we've got a bunch of reward tiers up there and and that sort of fun stuff um, the four dollars and upwards one is like you'll get the podcast early so basically after Nate and I are done tonight it's going up uh, for, for those people um, otherwise regular Friday for everyone else yes but yeah we, we appreciate the support of everyone on, on Patreon that helps us put on the show helps us uh, pay for things like server costs and and uh, domain costs and doing all these fun fun sort of things that we want to look at uh, we're going to do the, the Prey podcast at some stage hopefully the next week uh, and it's thanks to them that we can do that sort of thing so yeah um, otherwise you can also email us questions at the gapodcast at gmail.com or you can join our Discord channel, which is the gapodcast.com slash Discord. We've got a questions group in there if you want to ask us anything. Um, otherwise, you can play video games in there and talk to people and and uh, find other people that enjoy games and see what they're doing. We've usually got a good squad in there playing, um, I guess, the last couple of weeks has been PUBG. Coming up, I would guess that there might be some stuff in there for uh, Friday the 13th, the video game. That yes. comes out on, uh, I think it's Friday this week. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, we're, we're trying to get some codes for that one Let's talk about it. Uh, we've been told we're getting some, but I'm not too sure. We'll see what happens. Um, so if you do get that game, we'll probably be looking for people to play that with. So so jump in there and, and uh, try and try and talk to us and we'll play some games. Um but otherwise, you can also find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store. It's The Gap or The GA Podcast. If you search for us, it'll show up. You can also rate and review, review us. Helps other people find the show. Um, you can also go to our Twitter page, which is twitter.com slash GA Podcast. We're on facebook.com slash GA Podcast. And I think that's it. We have a website, thegapodcast.com, for everything. It's got all the links on there, the past episodes. Um, 
yeah, all that sort of fun stuff. So if you're not sure of where to find us, jump on there and all the links are on that site. And that's it for all our spruiking. Um, Nate, you got anything going on, any writing this week or the past couple of weeks that you want to talk about? Yeah, you can read a lot more about Destiny 2 on um, OzGamers and Red Bull, both in the esports channel and the mainstream games channel. There's a few things coming up. Uh, over the course of the rest of the week for Destiny 2 there. There's something already on the eSports channel about uh, competitive analysis. Spoilers, it was not too kind. Um, and uh, Gamers also finally posted my fucking Battlefront 2 feature. So you can read my thoughts about little class systems and how the multiplayer hopefully is going to be a bit different uh, there. You can also see my shit on PC Powerplay. And I don't think there's anything else massive happening online. Yeah. No, that's it. They uh, they announced uh, female soldiers for Battlefield today or yesterday. Battlefront, Battlefield One, Battlefield One. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, Russian uh, Russian Death Squad, something like that. That makes sense. They yeah. they did fight, and I knew they fought in World War Two. Like I'm assuming they fought in World War One as well. Yeah, so that's that's coming with the next sort of DLC, I think. So that's cool. Um, all right, for me, uh, you can go to Survivor.com. Uh, I don't know what's been up there recently. I just talked about IEM, but that was a couple of weeks ago. I uh, don't know what else is happening, but go to Twitter.com slash LukeLaurie if you want to find what I'm doing. Post it on Twitter. Not much recently. Been quite quiet, so that's me. Uh, you're on Twitter as well, Nathan, but you don't post, so too bad. Yeah, don't worry about it. I saw you post something today, I think. I try to occasionally I go clear my notifications and reply to people <laughs> three months after the fact because I'm uh, nice like that yeah fair enough um, alright well that, that's it for this week uh, next week we'll be back we're talking about well I'll be back uh, Job will hopefully be back talking about whatever he's doing I don't know where he is he's in Hamburg right uh, yes that I do know yeah I don't know what he's doing there. He told me, but I forgot. I'm not very good with memories. I do, but I don't know if it's um, embargoed. <laughs> so I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once he's back, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Friday the 13th and uh, more more whatever he's doing and some more Battlegrounds and Dead Cells. I'll be playing a bit of that. So there's things happening. Not not a lot, but there's things. And uh, maybe some E3 speculation. I don't know. We'll see what happens. If it hasn't already leaked already, yeah. All, all of it. it. All the E3. <laughs> Just live on the internet. Yeah, download on an FTP. Yeah. That sounds very bad for everyone going. <laughs> Except the media. I'm, I'm sure the media wouldn't mind, right? They don't have to sit in that hall anymore. You know what? I would fucking love if it leaked, um, just from a planning point of view, because that week is insanely busy. I will be covering it in two different publications, one of them a magazine that's holding pages. So, so yeah, the whole idea, like, leaks make my life easier, yeah. <laughs> basically. Well, uh, Nate, thanks for coming along tonight. Good thanks for to, having me. Good to see you again. I, I saw you on the weekend, but we didn't get to chat much. Oh, yeah, I was jet-lagged. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> bailed you were zombified um, so it was good to hear about Destiny your thoughts on it much appreciated thank you uh, thanks thanks everyone else for listening bye bye